Hello, this is John Millen. This is a part one of a two-part podcast educational um, session on it. something a little different from my normal podcast episodes here, which is this channel is geared towards employee benefits, uh, healthcare for companies, um, you know, employer-related things. This is a little different, but I've gotten a lot of questions about this, so I thought, hey, you know, to be honest, this is like my 12th take on this, and which is odd for me because I usually just do one take, but... I don't know why I, I have this pressure on myself to, 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 to do really well and not because I'm trying to sell you a policy or anything like that. Cause I'm not, although I could, um, I would refer you if this is something you want to learn about, I'll refer you to my agent, um, that does this every single day. So, um, if you, if you get to a point where like, Hey, I'd like to actually run some proposals, know that you, you could d- submit forms online and roll the dice or I'll give you my agent that's been doing this for over 15, 20 years now. And he's independent and he talk, he works with different companies. So it's safe. So it's a safe zone to listen because I'm not going to give you a bunch of crap. Uh, I'm so tired of that. Like I'm going to just tell you on this first episode, what is privatized banking, banking yourself, infinite banking? What is this thing that you um, might've heard me say or read about? Because there's lots of information on the internet that can sidetrack you. So I'm hoping this, you're, you know, in eight to 10 minutes on this first session, you know what it kind of is. And then if you want to listen to part two, I'm going to tell you what to be aware of, like the key things that I learned in my process of doing this. So first off, am I even qualified to talk about this? Absolutely. I'm a licensed life insurance agent. I understand life insurance contracts of all types. That's the first thing. Second, in our employee benefits agency over 22 years, we've um, helped tens of thousands of employees purchase life insurance for themselves in a variety of different types, term life, universal life, whole life. So we, we've had lots of feedback and lots of interactions with people, what their needs are. And three, I have two of these policies myself and have for 14 years. I'm pretty qualified to talk about this, unlike Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, or the guy on Reddit that posts uh, good or bad about this. I am, I am highly qualified. And so I'm going to give you my, the extent of my wisdom here in about the next eight minutes and what this is. Essentially, what Bank on Yourself is, it's using a, a whole life insurance contract as the asset class. And that's what this is. This is a different type of asset. We use a whole life contract and from companies that have typically been around 150 years. So these companies that sell whole life contracts, these are guaranteed contractual relationships between the insurance company and you, the person buying it. So this is very different than like something you hear on the internet right now about buying, you know, a term life insurance for for a dollar a day. These are very different policies. They're permanent. They're guaranteed. They have lots of IRS requirements around them that make them solid. Lots of tax advantages. So the, the core foundation of this concept is a life insurance product. You've got to get your brain around this concept because this will sidetrack everyone almost immediately because then you're going to read life insurance is a horrible investment. And that's what my dad told me 15 years ago when I first learned about this and he had, he had sold life insurance and he was smart and I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want to waste my time on a horrible investment. And then I'd read it online and I'd watch Dave Ramsey. I'm like, Oh God, I'm really, I'm getting scammed. And then someone said along the way, it, it, John, it is, it's a horrible, you're right. It is a horrible investment, but it's not even an investment. It's an asset. It's not an investment like a stocks. You can't run or what's the rate of return. There is no such thing. 
there's an internal rate of return that you can generate, but there's no rate of return. There's not a stock that goes up in value like a uh, or mutual fund. Once you've got to get past that point, that will that will sidetrack. So I'm just getting to the core of what this thing is. It's based on very solid foundational principles of whole life contracts from companies that have been around 150, 200 years. And that'll be a key thing in the part two that I'll talk about. Why is that important? Because you want that. When you have another asset, so think of assets as your 401k is an asset. Um, If you own a business, that's an asset. If you own gold and silver, that's a different kind of asset. If you have an annuity, like there's different types of asset classes, stocks or investments is one of them. Your 401k is invested most likely in the stock market. Mutual funds is based on the stock market. Stocks are based in the stock market. Nothing wrong with that. I have that asset class, but that's one. This is a different asset class and it comes with amazing guarantees. So you want that. The biggest lesson of investing is don't lose money, right? You don't want to lose it. So this is a great way. You won't ever lose it. In fact, it's guaranteed to never go down in value and only go up in value. It's one of the few things you will ever find that has guarantees contractually that have been proven over 100, 100 years plus that it never goes down in value. In fact, it always goes up in value. Guaranteed. So once you get that point, you're going to be you're going to be glad it's not an investment. Like I don't want it to be an investment. I have investments. This is a different asset class. So I want you to know that in the first five minutes here of how this works, because that is an advantage. When you put your wealth, your money that you've worked so hard for and all the taxes come out of it, right? And all the fees and all the stuff you, and you finally have that dollar you've earned in your checking account. You want to take that dollar and put it somewhere you want to put it somewhere where over time it's never going to be less than a dollar. It's only going to grow and it's protected. That is not the case in almost every other asset. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have other assets. It just isn't the case. Gold and silver doesn't always go up and it doesn't always go up. Crypto doesn't always go up. Stocks don't always go up. We know that. Bonds don't always go up. So understand this is that you're building a different asset class, which is a whole life contract. So where does this banking thing come in? Most whole life contracts um, are not designed the right way to be used for this strategy. And when you own a bank, if you were to start a bank, which is very hard, you'd have to put money in the bank. You'd have to find money and put it in and, and build it up so that that bank can then loan it or get interest on it. And so with these banking policies, you it's a very specially designed contract with special riders using certain companies with certain features that I'll talk about in step two that allow you to put um, put more money in the bank than normal. That's kind of the best way. You're over. It's called overfunding. It's totally legal. IRC seven seven zero two. I think it is seven seven zero six. Um, it's not going to be a modified endowment contract or a mech. You're going to use a seven pay test. There's all these little te- technical pieces you'll learn about later. So you d- you're building and designing this policy that will take a few years to, to fund the right way so you don't get screwed with taxes. It's all legit. And you're going to learn about all these tax codes. You're like, oh my God, like this has been around and it's totally, this is not some scam. 
Oh, so if you do, if you build it the right way, <clears throat> by doing this, you have you have a life insurance base, but you have this cash you're building in the policy that can be used however you want. You're the banker. So imagine now if you need a loan to buy a car, you have to get permission, and you pay the interest rate based on what the bank or the auto dealer tells you. I'm doing this right now. Um, new car loans now nine percent. And if you have a bad credit score, it's more than that. And they have to approve it. And you have to pay it back on their terms. If you lease a car in 2024, they only do three-year leases. What happened to the five-year leases? Oh, we don't do those anymore. They set the terms. With banking, you set the terms. It's your bank. It's your money. It's your policies. You do what you want with it. So what is it giving you? Control. I'm not saying you don't ever have to use Wells Fargo or Bank of, your, you know, Bank of America, but I'm not saying you're putting them out of business. I'm just saying think of it at, that you have this money now that you're accumulating that's growing, that's protected, that can be used for a lot of things. And at the end of the day, when you have an asset, the whole purpose of the asset itself is to either generate money upon the sale, right? You buy and sell or it kicks off cash flow that's the only two things really you need i mean having a valuable asset that you haven't monetized doesn't mean anything it just is good on paper and so you have the asset that you can sell and then then you hit a lump sum of money or you have an asset that generates monthly cash flow like um, multi-unit real estate right or an annuity you need to live on that. You can't live on the piece of paper that says, I have a million dollars of crypto, uh, of crypto. But if you never sell the crypto and it doesn't generate any cash, it doesn't mean anything. It's just on paper. Same with a 401k. Oh, I got a million dollars in my 401k. Okay, no, first of all, no, you don't because you have to pay tax on that. So it's not all yours. Secondly, um, you haven't liquidated it. It's sitting there. Yes, there's value there, but if the stock market drops, you've just lost money. So this asset class will give you great peace of mind, put you in control and allow you to build this, this value of cash because we build the policies to maximize the amount of cash building while minimizing the amount of death benefit if you don't need it. And it's the combination of these different pieces that we build on this contract that make it work so well. That, in essence, is what it's doing. And the other thing I love about this is if you need a lot of death benefit, which I did when I was 41. I have This is, what, 14 years ago, so I didn't have kids yet. But I knew I would. We, we were trying. I knew I would, hopefully, have them someday. But I knew I didn't even have enough life insurance for myself and my wife. I was able to get an amazing... Uh, I was able to get an amazing amount of life insurance that will automatically pay out because it's permanent. My kids will inherit when I die, whatever that is. Hopefully it's not for a while, but if it is, if it happens now, they are, they are taken care of. That is, I sleep so well at night knowing that I have a million and a half dollars for on me and a million and a half dollars on my wife if something happens to us for our kids. And that was because of a decision I made 14, 15 years ago. So I have this incredible death benefit protection that will pay out. This is not term. This is permanent. And I have this cash value accumulation. Now, what do I do with the cash? Why is that important? Um, 
One, you can loan it. You can get, loan it to yourself. So you are the bank. You set the terms. There's a small interest rate that you pay, but you pay interest on anything, and the interest is going back to your own bank. So once you learn that concept, you're like, oh, I actually want to charge myself more interest because the interest is going back in your own pocket. But you can also use it for college planning. One of the things we thought about it was, okay, 529 plan, right? Oh, that's a big thing. Well, first of all, it is pre, you get a pre-tax deduction. What is it, 20%, 25 30 40% if you make a lot of money. Um, but it's in the stock market. What if the stock market goes down when they're ready, like two years before they're ready to go to school? I'm screwed. Like, it's really gambling. You're not guaranteed that, that money will be the value where you think it'll be. And what if they don't go to school? I have to use it for education, me or my kids or someone, or else you pay penalties. And now you've just eliminated the whole value. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'll use my banking policy. I'll build cash value when they're ready for college, which is seven years from now, roughly, whatever the college that is, we're going to have several hundred thousand dollars that we've been building along the way of cash sitting there to be loaned out to ourselves and paid back to ourselves. The other thing is retirement. We've we've built this so that when we're ready to retire, whenever that is, or whenever we need to start drawing money out of it, it's our money. It's our cash that's sitting there in our bank. We can draw it out tax-free. And it built properly, it, it could last the rest of your life. Like there's no limit. It's not, you're not liquidating stocks to live on. You're using the bank to pay you. It's fascinating. It's like you, it's when you hear about it, it's too, it's too good to be true. Like, are you kidding me? What? And, and that's what happened 15 years ago. Thank God I didn't take everyone else's opinion and I did my own research. And the more I learned, the better it got. And I'm like, this can't be real because usually the more you learn, the worse it gets. And especially when you're trying to be skeptical, like, I am trying to find stuff bad. I'm not hoodwinked into an Amway presentation at someone's house, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be wealthy. This is trying to find what's wrong at 40 years old. And the more I looked, I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I hope that's, that's as helpful. Um, part two, we'll talk about the pieces that, that I think need to be in place. <coughs> and I would just say, research it. You don't have to pull the trigger. And the other, I'll say this for part two. There's a really key point um, because some people are like, well, I'm single. I don't have kids, so I don't need a policy. I'm like, uh, we're talking about that in part two, so I hope this helps.